0: Heyo, welcome everyone to episode 71 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and I just want to say thank you to everyone that's been checking us out. Liking, sharing, subscribing, it means the world to us. Uh, we do this for you guys, and we just want to keep riding the wave. So this week, we're going to bring back an old friend who we spoke to a while back. I believe it was like episode 27. His name is Judah Lee, and he runs Sea Cave Arcade in New Orleans. Um, if you haven't seen the story about what happened there, this like I think it was a couple days ago, but um, pretty just nasty story really hard to see for anybody that loves arcade games and is, is part of the community um luckily there have been a lot of people that have chipped in and want to help out and we've got some some good things to say about it so we'll we'll bring in judah right now and we'll talk to him about what happened how you doing yeah, judah? How's it going? it's good it's good man yeah. um i'm really glad we were able to get you on here and share your story about everything um, yeah, yeah
1: thanks for having me back
0: yeah and i mean like like I've seen you say on Instagram and everything, just the outpour of support from everybody after the event has been insane, um, yeah. and we'll we'll jump into that in a little bit, but let's just first have you introduce yourself, Judah. Just let us know, and the listeners, just let us know a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, my name's Judah Lee. Uh, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm born and raised here. Uh, I'm the original owner, proprietor of Cave Arcade. I'm the guy who started it. Uh, I'm 40 years old. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I've been a lifetime arcade fan. Uh, video game fan and really also an artist and just sort of tried to like create this weird idea i had for an arcade in the past six years of my life so
0: yeah i love checking out like your instagram and your facebook and everything and it's it's super super nautical in your location which i remember you talking about last time how you'd pretty much run like from thrift store to thrift store yeah, and you'd find turtles
1: here and everything. <laughs> yeah, you'd,
0: you'd find anything like cool and nautical that you wanted to throw in the arcade and you just put it up, which yeah. just represents your art yeah. side. So tell us a little bit about how you got into the arcade scene, as well as how you started Sea Cave.
1: Uh, I got into the arcade scene because I, I grew up in the neighborhood. At the time I was growing up in the neighborhoods here, there were a lot of beaten in these corner stores. Uh, almost all of them had an arcade cabinet in them. Uh, usually a Street Fighter or like Mortal Kombat or like a Neo Geo or something down here and I would just, you know, get quarters and go play at the corner store, you know, and uh, got really good at fighting games, you know, relatively speaking to the people around me and uh, just found out that, you know, get a lot of respect from your friends like, yeah, you can beat everybody in Street Fighter, you know, and and then, uh, yeah, then, you know, home consoles and stuff like that too, but Really, like, the arcade stuff for me started in corner stores uh, here in New Orleans, mostly Vietnamese-owned. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. So after that, I mean, obviously, you grew up and you had the opportunity to kind of, like, do your own thing mm-hmm. with an arcade. How did you go from, I don't know, maybe you were collecting machines, fixing machines, whatever it was, and then you moved into starting the arcade? What was that process like?
1: Well, I was, I was uh, doing, like, video art. At the time, I don't do like live projections for concerts and stuff. Most of it was like VHS circuit bending based. So I had a studio space for that already. Um, and then I had a friend that shared it with me, or two friends, this guy Benny, who's a synth artist, he was like writing his record in there. And then my friend Jonathan Parrish, we had like a blue screen wall, and you would like make goofy videos and stuff. Cause I was part of a, like a live show he was doing in there also. And then I just kind of got tired ish of the nightlife you know or not necessarily the nightlife but i got tired of like going to shows and going to bars and like restaurants you know it's like really a lot of like all there was to do in the neighborhood i was in and uh kind of like thought back to like well, what you used to do before and then i forgot realized there wasn't really like a, an amusement facility in, it, in that part of town Uh, especially one that was like affordable and fun. And I just thought it'd be a really cool idea. So I I knew a couple of guys that had like nightclubs and there would be like an old beat up arcade machine that had been sitting there broken forever. So that's, I started by buying uh, like two of those at a couple of clubs in town and just like learned how to redo the insides and stuff myself. Um, And just started having like, you know, game night in the studio space and inviting people over once a month. And then at some point I came up with the idea for Sea Cave Arcade because there's like this uh, this friend of mine, some his name's Quintron. and he throws this party every year at Mardi Gras. It's called the Maritime Ball, and you're supposed to like dress up in like nautical water costumes. And uh, I had, capacity for like quarters, and I just had like all these costumes and stuff, and just started doing arcade as an underwater for one of these lights, like- and then came up with the the native arcade, and then just started and just really run with it. And then that was the first space. The second space was also an art studio. We liked the building the first space was in, got bought out to be turned into like a brewery or something, so we had moved. And the second space we took was down in this uh, other art studio building down in the Zant. that uh, was next to the community print shop. I really took that space because it had a door on the street. I didn't have to like walk people down the hall to get to the arcade anymore. Or didn't have steps you know you had to like come in on the step ladder and uh it was also down by like all the art galleries down there and like second saturday of every month is like a big gallery night so i would just open up the arcade for second saturdays and invite people to come play games for free and that's when i really started dressing it up as an underwater arcade like it had its own separate room in that spot and then at some point uh it's moved out of the studio stuff, couldn't really afford it by myself. And I had met this guy who was uh, running a nightclub called Gasa Gossa Uptown. And they had this empty space in the nightclub. And they wanted me to put arcade cabinets in there and do like a quarter split. And I thought that would help me come up with like the rent I was missing. And, and that's when I met Matt, my first business partner. Um, and I told him the idea for the arcade as a business about how it's just like one flat affordable rate. All you can play and then do like yearly memberships and stuff like that. And it's just kind of always there for people to go. And you know, be all ages and stuff like that. And he thought it was a great idea, and we started working on it together. And then uh, we lost that space. I lost that space eventually because I just wasn't making enough money to be able to rent it. And then I found our first official, like official legal location was on a Burgundy Street across the street from this bar called Bud Rips. and it was just a little room, and it was just an arcade. And we dressed it up, we striped the floors, you know, did all the underwater stuff with it, and then. We were there for about a year, maybe a little over. We lost that lease also, and then we didn't know what we were going to do. And then we found the current spot that we're in, and we signed. Got found another business partner in Darren uh, who helped us find, you know, with the capital to build out the space we're in now. So, so now there's three of us. So, and that's really where we're at. And then we we worked on the building we're in now for probably almost two years, just repairing it and getting it together. And then we've been officially open probably for like six months now. So, you know, so
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you guys are really building and growing and you yeah, had a whole bunch yeah. of events going on and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess kind of cover the events of the other day. Like what happened? I know somebody was in there. They got mad. Things happened and escalated to to my view out of control, which was just utterly unnecessary. Yeah.
1: I, okay, so... I this, this really starts about for me probably about four months ago uh there were there were i'm on a four lane street now so it used to be an old state highway but there's a lot of cars that drive down and drive down it really fast and there were these bunny rabbits that kept getting loose from like one of my neighbor's yards and they kept coming over to like the street i'm on saint claude and i kept trying to like chase them off the street and i spent like a week chasing these rabbits off of saint claude just so they wouldn't get hit by a car because it was knuckleheads and at one point, while I'm chasing one of these rabbits, this guy pulls up in a truck, and he's a nice guy. I told guy he's trying to smash the rabbit. And that's the first time I met Wolf, you know, the guy who smashed the place up. Then probably about a month later, he shows up, uh, really normal, really nice. Uh, wants to buy a membership, buys a membership from us, plays some games. Don't really see him for a while. They kind of occasionally would pop in, nothing, nothing, no incidents or anything like that and uh but like in the last week or so he'd been coming in more and he'd been behaving more erratically, having like really strange conversations with people he also like donated a bunch of magic cards to us you know like i thought it was nice but you know he seemed like a nice guy but just like a strange guy and then this sunday i wasn't even working like my night started off great i finally like hit celestial floor in guilty gear and i was like all stoked (laughs) and I was going down on my, my space because we were doing a jammers tournament. And I just wanted to play in the tournament, run the tournament. And he was there. And I was probably there for about three minutes. And then one of my customers, there's a guy putting stickers all over uh, the big blue arcade cabinet. So, uh, you know, I go over there and, it, and it's Wolf. And he's got this, like, price tag gun. And he's just, like, covering the control panel and all these, like, 99 cent price tag stickers. And, you know, I tell him, hey, don't stop doing that, you know. He's getting like kind of irate with me. So I go to like, give me the sticker. He's like, no, it's mine. You know, and I'm like, well, man, you gotta go home. You know, you can't be in here hanging out doing stupid stuff like this. And uh, he's like, okay, well, you know, I want a refund on my membership. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm happy to oblige that. So, you know, as I go get his money, he's like picking his magic cards that he brought up over. And then like the minute I got the money in his hand, he just gets like, things just change like dramatically. It's like, starts asking me if I'm interested in dying and like has, I have an AK and just like starts saying all this crazy stuff. And then I just keep telling him he needs to leave. And he goes outside. And when he goes outside, I have like my two two of my female employees uh, sitting at this table up there. He starts like yelling at them. He's like threatening to kill one of my customers. I was like holding one of my customers back, you know, like business partners, all this stuff. And then he finally gets outside and he pulls this nut, butterfly knife out. You know, starts, you know, telling me he's going to catch me on the streets and like all this stuff. And then, like, you know, I'm like, call the cops. He's like, yeah, I'm not scared of cops. I'm like, and then he takes off on foot, you know. And we're like, okay, whatever. And, like, 20 minutes later, he shows up again. And he's got this bicycle U-lock. And I have, like, these metal framed doors with, like, bezeled glass panes in the middle of the door so you can see through the doors for my front doors. And uh, they have, like, these metal... Uh, handles on the outside and they push out and he puts this u-lock on it and basically locked all of us in there and then he like uses his watch and he puts it around his hand and he punched the door out one of the glass pans on the doors and then he takes off so we call the cops and the cops come and you know we file a report and everything then you know eventually like you know hey, hey, well we get well we get everybody out of there, you know and then it's like me and the other two owners and we'll talk to the cops and follow the reports and everything. And then, you know, we leave probably around like midnight or one or something like that. And, uh, you know, i I have like ring cameras in the space. So go up, go uptown. And then, which is, I live in uptown and get a text from a friend of mine that lives downtown in the neighborhood by the arcade telling me that like he's back and that he's like smashing all the windows. And so call the cops, get on the cameras. Uh, he's gone by the time the cops show up and the cops, you know, take pictures and stuff and they sit around for like 15, 20 minutes and then they leave. And then he comes back again and he starts smashing out more windows and stuff. And, you know, we can see him on camera and you know, we call the cops again and the cops, he leaves and then the cops show up and they hang around for about 20 minutes and then they leave again. And then he shows up a third time. And on the third time he actually broke into the building and just like went around with like a, a like a, one of those camping axes, you know, the ones like a hammer on one side and the an ax on the other. And just like use the ax side to just like hit every TV, hit every screen, hit every piece of glass. You could find all the mirrors in the bathrooms, uh, just a bunch of stuff, like every, every screen and every cabinet, every television on the wall. Uh, yeah, yeah. He also broke a bunch of liquor bottles by throwing a cinder block through the window outside. He uh, smashed our gas meter. Uh, he smashed our electrical meter. Um, he also puts super glue in the locks on the gates so you can't put a key into them. And, you know, so we went back down there and stayed there till about 6am. And then me and one of my employees, a good friend of mine, this guy named Calder, we, uh, we leave and I'm like, let's go drive down this, this bar Big Daddy's. It's like an all night bar. And we go drive down Big Daddy's and sure enough, like as we pull up on the corner, he goes like running out of Big Daddy's down the street and we try to catch him but he's on foot and we are in a car he just we couldn't get him. And then the whole other rest of the day was just the process of like finding out where he was trying to get the police to go get him. You know, he tailed him for like a, a good three hours on foot in the French quarter. And, you know, there are other people too following this guy. Like he had, he had tried to stab somebody, you know, before this, he a lot of, a lot of instances of him pulling a knife on people and like threatening to kill them from like a lot of people after we, you know up on facebook about what happened and uh you know that whole day monday he spent like you know keeping tabs on him and trying to get the cops to grab him and then at one point you know me and a lot of my employees are sitting across the street at this place called junction across the street from us just kind of like well keeping an eye and you know hanging out at the bar and keeping an eye on the building because we still out there and then one of my other patrons is really good friend of mine, this guy, Matt, shows up with duct tape. You don't see as a He's just over at the building trying to put duct tape over the windows, you know, holes in them. And he showed, and Wolf shows up again and pulls a gun on Matt and basically tells him, you know, I'm cartel and I'm shutting this place down. And then we come running out of the building across the street and he takes off around the corner and disappears again. And then it just goes back to like, well, where is he? People are, you know, telling me where he's at. You know he's at Wagner's or like he's you know, and then finally like you find out that he's on Gallier Street like down the street like trying to get his car jumped you know presumably to like leave town and then finally like you know the police show up again and what like, you know telling them like please 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 you have to go get this guy because like there are people that are looking at him right now that like if he tries to start that truck will let him leave and like somebody's going to get hurt you know and you just please just get down there and they went down there and they finally got him at like 11 30 a night and, you know, yeah, that's that's pretty much the, the gist of it.
0: That's just like, that's just insane to me and like such a yeah. sad story for like anybody that loves arcades and I mean yeah my heart went I, out for you right away when I saw that story and I knew immediately I had to share it, and like had to let people know and had to help with the GoFundMe
1: and everything. Yeah, yeah, so and I, I mean, we've heard things about this guy he's, he's got mental health problems and, uh you know, like he's He's kind of transient right now, so he doesn't have access to an address to like get his medicine and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, it's just the whole thing is just like really sad. You
0: yeah, know? I mean, he's in a bad position, and it just sounds like he yeah. just snapped. Like it just yeah. the weight was just too much.
1: Yeah, we've, um, we've been told he's he's been like having a psychotic episode for like a week. So
0: that's never never a good thing to hear. And I mean, no. I know the community has come through huge for you guys. Um, no, I guess just tell me tell me what that's meant to you and how how's it go me like just what that showed you about the community
1: and just just how it, it was very uh life performing i guess you know like like i loved arcades but you know it's like it's not <laughs> it's not a path very many people choose or actually find any kind of success at you know a lot of times and i just feel like you know, all the outreach and just even from like people in the world but just like people from around the world like we've gotten donations from like arcades in like Cambodia and like Quebec and Hong Kong and just everywhere and it's just like it's you know it's shows you how strong like this community really is I mean you know if you had told me that like I'd, I'd be in like the New York Daily news you know I would have thought you were crazy you know but also and, or on on Kotaku and Gizmodo with this and like Justin Wong's sharing it. I mean, it's it's crazy. You know, I wish it was for something better, not something as tragic. You know, but like it, you know, it's it's really helped me out. This this was really uh, going to be a rough time for me if it wasn't for all of that. Like, I'd be far more emotionally distraught about all of this stuff if it wasn't for everybody. And I, I, I genuinely thank you, everyone. Thank you. I love you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's great to see the community come out like that. And I mean, I was looking through some of the donations and you're right. I mean, I was seeing like arcades from all over the place that I recognized. Um, and you guys were doing a really good job of building community at CK just to like yeah. really bring it all in to the area. Like you said, there aren't really any anywhere out that's doing like fighting game tournaments and stuff. And you have a huge yeah. fighting game community. So tell yeah. me about kind of like some of the events you were running there and everything like that. Like you had things I mean, going on Monday and Wednesday same. and a bunch of stuff. Monday,
1: Monday was like mellow Monday, not really an event, but it's like cheaper. We didn't play on Mondays, just because Mondays are generally pretty slow. Uh Tuesdays were closed. Uh Wednesdays always for wrestling. <laughs> like we watch AEW every Wednesday. That's kind of like the thing there. And we you know talk about wrestling and stuff. And then Thursdays sometimes we have DJs, but it's also like uh, we host a game developer community so they do like shows either on a Wednesday or Thursday where people can come in and show what they're working on and you know talk to people about it and then uh, you know Fridays is we have DJs and Saturdays we have DJs and then Sunday is always a tournament Uh, the first Sunday of the month is always Smash Brothers second Sunday of the month is always Windjammers Uh, third Sunday is a puzzle game And fourth Sunday will be a fighting game. It depends on switches month to month. And if there's a fifth Sunday in the month, it's what we call Wheel of Death, which is like this thing where like you spin a wheel of fortune wheel to decide what game you get for the matchup. So it's really just like chaos. But yeah, that's you know, and like we host a lot of like the beatmaker communities with like back season records, doing the counter session stuff, and you know, a lot of good people. You know, like really. Felt safe in that, my space. And, you know, I was really proud of it. So. Yeah, and, I mean, and, they're, and, they're, and they're coming back. And we'll be back. And, you know, they they can't wait. And I'm just really humbled by it.
0: Yeah. I mean, after telling your story about kind of like how you moved from this location to that location. I mean, like you're you're coming back. Like we know you're going to yeah, come yeah. back.
1: I mean, I've built this thing like four times. so Yeah. What's well, another go? I guess.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I guess on that. Kind of topic, what are your plans for the future? Like, you, the GoFundMe is funded. How much longer is that going to be going on now?
1: I mean, we, we, so with the GoFundMe, like, that's, that's primarily, that's to, that's to pay my employees while we're Mm -hmm. down because I love all my employees and I don't want to lose them. And it's, it's the holidays and they need to, they need to make money, you know? So we're going to make sure that they get taken care of. And then uh, the, the rest of it is up for whatever repair costs are left outside of insurance. If we needed it outside of insurance and donations uh, anything that's left after that point we pledge to donate to a mental health service of the community's choosing in our neighborhood just to sort of help people like wolf get his meds so that things like this don't happen you know and so we're gonna keep going with it you know i think the more we make the, the more better we can do for everybody and so we have like benefit shows coming up other uh, people who are doing fundraisers on their own you know tournaments online you know and it's just it's great it, 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 it's it's just awesome to see this bad thing like you know do some good in the end you know and you can make it better
0: you know, so right i mean that's that's kind of all i wanted to touch on with you i just wanted to kind of get you on here tell your story yeah, yeah, yeah. just talk about the community and everything so um i guess just to wrap it up just let people know one where they can donate Two, any mm-hmm. other way they can help? And three, social media is where they can check you guys out and follow.
1: Um, so on Instagram, it's c.cave and then C. cave Arcade on Facebook. Uh, the GoFundMe is uh, also called C. cave Arcade. If you go to GoFundMe, it'll come up. Um, on our social media, as we figure out what parts we might need, you know, because some of them are specific CRT monitors, I kind of want to. You know, I also don't want to be inundated with a million TVs because I've had a lot of offers for televisions and stuff. And like so everybody's got an old TV in their garage that they're willing to give me. And I, I really do appreciate it, but I only I need certain ones. So we're going to be making a post suit about what what type of television or, or CRT we will need. Uh, somebody really uh, lovely guy worked at a camera shop, brought me a bunch of four, three ratio uh, LCD screens that I can use. So we might be good on that. Um, but other than that you know just thanks for all the love it's that's that's been the biggest thing you know to you know that like people really cared that they really wanted to help out so.
0: yeah man i just i just want to say i hope everything goes well for you guys we yeah, get everything too, moving again and you guys can open up um we're gonna keep sharing your stuff to keep help you kind of get the word out and i mean thanks for coming on here judah i really yeah, appreciate it. thanks for
1: having me again yeah
0: Yeah, and until next time, everybody, peace.